I thought of you yesterday. Yeah. Because we pulled out of the driveway and mm-hmm. underneath the truck had been a tumbleweed and it just stuck <gasps> there. So Yay! this is the thing that happens. <laughs> tumbleweeds get stuck in the truck and like they're not cute, fluffy little like mounds of bunny hair or anything adorable like that. They are firm sticks sometimes. So if you get really big ones under your car, you actually have to move them before you can drive away or else you might drag it with you. But this one was cute enough (laughs) that we just drove over it and then it remained in our driveway until I'm guessing the wind blew and it's probably one of our neighbor's cars now. (laughs) Great. So did you take any photos? No, because I was being a responsible driver, but I thought of you. So (laughs) I should take photos. There's one car that's been parked in our neighborhood clearly for a very long time and there's just tumbleweed like packed underneath it and around the wheels like it's one of those cars that is clearly broken and someone is not going to drive it for a while so i'll take a picture <laughs> next time we drive by there when i am not driving <laughs> so that you can see <laughs> what happens when you have tumbleweed and cars i really 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 appreciate that <laughs> i could also leave you hanging and then you just have to come visit me if you want to see it oh i feel like this is maybe one of your mind games <laughs> do i have multiple mind games that i don't know about i don't know i've just been aware of people's mind games recently so i'm i'm noticing them so i obviously only noticed the ones that maybe don't work as well i don't know i don't know how it works wow thank you for the feedback i will work on improving my newly found mind games that i am inventing to try to get you to come visit me yeah exactly what could possibly go wrong? I'm going to actually, I have a way better idea, but I probably shouldn't share it with you. No. <laughs> see, now you're getting the hang of it. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> uh, see, thank you for the feedback. I have already improved. This is why feedback is valuable. <laughs> Speaking of feedback or follow up. Um, are we ready to start the show? Smooth transition. Let's do it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting so good at podcasting. <laughs> um, the first one is just a really quick one. When we were doing the show notes last time, you pasted in the title of the Carrier article about her like affair with Todoist. Yes. And I was like, what a weird choice of words there. And I thought that was from you. And I clicked on the link and I realized that was actually the title of the article. Yes, I didn't make that up. And I just thought this was, thought it was so funny because she was using like the exact same metaphor as we were doing because she were like, oh, you're married to OmniFocus now. And that was literally like the title of episode one for us. And I only made the connection when we were doing the show notes that she used the exact same language, basically. <laughs> I hadn't noticed that. That's kind of funny. Maybe... You and Carrie are not the only ones that feel like you're married to OmniFocus. Maybe we'll hear from more people who feel like they're married to OmniFocus. And maybe a couple that are also having an affair with Todoist. Who knows? Yeah, I just feel like this shows um, the intensity of the relationship people have with their to-do list apps, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a casual relationship. This This is serious. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I spend more time in Todoist than I do in very many other applications yeah yeah okay well i think you have the next piece of follow-up also you sneakily added in a bunch of follow-up mm. <laughs> yeah sorry uh, obviously she says not really that sorry so um 
I just wanted to say this more for the audience than for myself because it's like a follow-up on the Carl Newport. We mentioned the book very briefly last time, the book called Deep Work. And I'm on his email list and I saw he's doing for his audience or followers or whatever you want to call the group of people who follow his work. Um, he's doing like a month of digital decluttering. And so I have quite consciously chosen not to do that this time around which we can get into later but I thought maybe somebody who's listening might be interested in like a digital declutter and then I just wanted to point them to like Carl Newport because he's doing it at the moment with some of his fans. That's very cool. Does he have like a blog post about this or was it all newsletter? I think it was all on the email list and I was actually really excited about this because I've been thinking about this for myself and then I I literally wrote to him and I was like, hey, yeah, keep me on the email list or whatever. And then he got, so, this was in December, and then he got so much overwhelming follow-up that he decided just to keep it as a email list. And because he was just going to have like, I think this is a part of his new book that he's writing. So he was going to do this almost like a focus group of people. <sighs> but it was basically too many people to do that effectively. So he was like, all right, I'm just going to tell you you know, some guidelines, and then you can write me back. And then I literally saw my email today that the New York Times was interested in this. And so people who have been doing this effectively could write to the New York Times to be included in like an article they're doing about this. So yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. And I thought maybe somebody who's listening might be interested. That is very neat. I yeah. um, I was kind of perusing YouTube the other day, which I don't usually do. This is new for Ooh, me. This is new for you. Yeah, I was going to say. This is new for me. Um, but a Cal Newport video came up and it was titled, Why You Should Quit Social Media. And I haven't made it very far into that video because I think I got sidetracked with like making dinner or something. But I thought it was interesting. And then the more I considered it, the more I was like, that's actually detrimental to my career. I actually, like I cannot quit social media, not only because I work for a social media company, but because I need my social media presence for a couple of other things in my career. So I like I saw it and I was like, that's a cool idea. And then I was like, oh, this is totally irrelevant to me. <laughs> yeah um maybe this is not far from the conclusion i came to personally but um i still thought this was really interesting and i think especially for younger people or children like the social media effects are really like it's coming up quite a lot that like what is the effect of social media on children and adults as well and yeah so I, anyway i thought this was interesting i thought maybe somebody in the audience would be interested in this so i just wanted to um give that information out awesome okay i also have the next slide of my follow-up it's just gonna be me <laughs> day. i think it's actually just gonna be you for like a while <laughs> you, you yeah. go with it run with it um all i wanted to say is the the human spreadsheet question i had the last time i've literally done the all of the above of what you mentioned in the oh last episode over christmas i was making note in people's contact cards about their preferences for various things I had already kind of started like a work spreadsheet, um, which is why I was thinking about this in the first place. And then I also created a Trello board with humans and where they live in the world of wow. my friends. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you, I guess, for all of the suggestions. I've taken all of them on. 
you're very welcome. <laughs> Let me know if any of them stick more than others or if you're just going to use all of these types of human tracking forever. Because this is, I don't know, I feel like I don't update mine a ton. Like I'll go through the Trello one when I'm traveling. I update the media contact spreadsheet a lot. But this is interesting. So I might actually get into this a little bit later when we talk about like what we're doing for 2018 and that kind of thing. But with the, I actually just like knowing that the information exists somewhere. Yeah. And I don't really need to check it all the time. We talked about like what what are, what are my plans for traveling later in the year and everything. And to me, it just feels nice that I know, oh, I'll just visit the travel board and then I can see. And I didn't do it super granular. So I just had one column for North America, which is where you live. Um, <laughs> and I did yes. um, columns for like, like depended on the granularity of the situation. So if I was like going to America, I could just review everybody who lived there kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I guess you're more likely to do almost like a tour of the country than most yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's how I travel, basically. Yeah. All right. So we also want to talk about the Daily Stoic. And I promise this is not going to be a podcast forever about the Daily Stoic book. But <laughs> I feel like it's being very loud in our lives for especially like the last little while. Yeah, it's almost the new Harry Potter for us. <laughs> okay, can I ask you a question? Yes. How many copies of the Daily Stoic do you think you are personally responsible for people having purchased or you have given oh my gosh. to somebody else? Less than 10. but Less than 10? More than three. <laughs> I counted mine and I think mine is between like five and eight. Okay, we're probably in the same ballpark. This is just something that we talk about a lot. I'm happy that so many of my friends have taken interest. <laughs> I actually find it shocking because I thought this was just a nerdy thing you and I were interested in. But well, clearly more people are. Yeah, a couple of other nerds. This is great. <laughs> yeah, nerds are making a comeback. And we both got the journal at the end of last year. Um mm-hmm. And I absolutely love it. So it's essentially, so the Daily Stoic was daily readings and the journal is daily journaling with prompts and quotes and questions. And it has been a really, it has been really great to use so far. I've really enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. And I'm not one for journaling in general. So this is new for me. Yeah, I have to say, um, I... I want to talk a little bit more about journaling a little bit later, but yeah. Also, what happened, which I thought was quite interesting, is uh, when the new year kind of rolled around, one of our friends was like, oh, let's like all read it together. And we started like this little group and then she posted it on her Facebook and suddenly the group now has like 10 people or 15 people or I don't even know how many people are in it now. A lot of people. A lot of people. And it's it's like amazing. Like they are so... They're reading it with like such different goggles than I was. And I just, it's, it feels a little bit like co-journaling almost in a weird way. <laughs> I find it so interesting. Like sometimes they're really like critical or disagree with things. And I'm like, oh yeah, I hadn't thought about it this way. <laughs> uh, but it's been really interesting to see um, other people's perspectives, I guess. Yeah. I don't have a lot to add there because I haven't been able to keep up with the group. <laughs> <laughs> it went crazy all of a sudden I feel like I, I definitely missed the day when all of a sudden a bunch of people were added and suddenly my notifications went crazy so I have not been able to keep up with that group because it's just been a lot 
Yeah. The groups are interesting phenomenon because it's like you can either be really valuable or you feel like it's just noise. It's um it's really hard to kind of balance that. It's true. And I think it's different for everyone. Like you're saying that it's super valuable for you and I just haven't been able to find the time to make it valuable for me. I think being in a different time zone is probably like a big thing because mm. if you're just reading like the conclusion of like a big chat, it's like oh, I wasn't thinking about this when like the initial question came up or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. I have definitely found it hard to jump in. I think everyone's in London for the most part, aren't they? Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know all the people in this group. This is like <laughs> a super organic. I <laughs> I don't know. There are like some people in there. I have never even heard about them from anyone I know. So I don't even know who's in this group. But I, I, I'm just finding it really like an interesting experience. Also, I didn't even know that many people are interested in like stoicism or philosophy even. So I'm finding it like a really interesting experience. Yeah, I think that more people have become interested in stoicism in recent years. And Ryan Holiday talked about this in one of his newsletters, I think. Or it was a daily stoic newsletter. And they were talking about how it's it's really been revived and is being adapted into modern society. And I love it. Yeah, it's it's um, I think like what we kind of have mentioned is like a lot of people are finding the same thing. It's just such a like a balance to the pace of everything else in our lives. And it's just kind of nice to have something that is like on the opposite end of the spectrum to that. Yeah. Okay. Next piece of follow up. I'm actually excited for this one. Mm-hmm. Because the bullet point just says Habby's mom's salad recipe, which our listeners will remember from last time where mm-hmm. you did not quite have the recipe. <laughs> I think that you said something crunchy, something sweet, something, something. And then we didn't really get to the bottom of that salad recipe. So I am eager to hear. <laughs> I mean, you just spent the holidays with your mom. I hope that you grabbed it for us. This came up. And I said this to my mom. I've been so worried about this question for literally weeks now. I still don't have it. My mom doesn't remember this. I know. It's such a a betrayal. I know. (laughs) I I can't accuse my mom, but I don't remember it. She She didn't. She told me loads of interesting things about like the structure of salads and how you need to balance sweet with acidy things. And we had a really interesting conversation but, and then this is kind of what I wanted to tell you because this is related. I started to read Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Good. And I love it. Yes. I'm so happy to hear that. And I am on like the fat chapter now. Oh, nice. And I am too, actually. <laughs> oh, I've caught up with you. <laughs> you have. I've been a slow reader. And that's good. I like slow reading. We've talked about this. Um. So I just realized I was explaining this book to my parents when I was in Iceland and they just so clearly have this like fundamental understanding of cooking that something like a memory trick just doesn't like they don't need it, if that makes sense. Oh, they they kind of already understand the principles. They don't need to learn them. Yeah, exactly. So they were like, because I thought about getting them this book for Christmas because I thought, I started reading it basically as soon as the podcast finished. I bought it and I started reading it. And I was like, maybe I should get them this book for Christmas. And then I was like, they already know all these principles. <laughs> they, they don't really need it. So I just told them about it and they can now choose to read it if they want to. But I didn't get it 
for Christmas basically that's the yeah so I'm really sorry so basically like yeah I I have nothing for you except basically recommending the book Hayley recommended again <laughs> wow I you've quoted this to me so many times I wish I had written it down the first time that you had it the the time that you were on it and you mm-hmm. were like something crunchy something sweet something 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 I should have been like <laughs> I'm gonna write that down wait I wonder if we yeah. google something crunchy something sweet if it would pop up okay <laughs> okay uh no <laughs> oh this wildly inspecific thing isn't effective enough for google i'm shocked <laughs> um hold on i want to say like salad it's saying salad recipes but i want to say salad like principles i don't think that's gonna bring up anything <laughs> Nope. No. Okay, oh, let's, let's move away from principles. No. This is, okay, <laughs> this is a lost cause and I'm really disappointed. I know, I'm so sorry. When, when you were like, oh, happy, you need to give us your mom's salad recipe for the show notes. I was like, oh, I'm just going to make us follow up for episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like a sense of letdown. I hope it comes to it's me okay. one day again. It hasn't yet. We will say it on the podcast if this comes up in the future because this is turning into a really major priority for me. But also, if by the end of reading Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, we both understand how to make a good salad, maybe we can make up our own version and, and yeah. just introduce it. No, I'm into that. As a this, not great backup. This has not left my mind for literally weeks now. So if I stumble <laughs> upon it again, trust me, you'll be the first in her. I like how this podcast tends to intercept like Maybe not intercept, but affect your thoughts about your family for weeks <laughs> after we have the episodes. The one time it was the Slack channel, and now it's your mom's salad recipe. This 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 is having a big impact on your life. It 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 is it is. But this feels more like a betrayal to you and the audience, whereas the other felt like um, uh, not prioritizing my family. Yeah, it's just making me super aware of all of my flaws. <laughs> Great. Make work work. We're happy second, second guesses everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to move on to the next thing. <laughs> Avoidance. So, Hayley, I've been waiting to ask you this now. Oh. Avoidance, yes, that's what I do. Have you changed all your passwords? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. This is your fault. <laughs> this is... Okay, so usually... This is, I was going about my business in a really happy way for years, happy for years. And then in one of the podcast episodes, you said, and it was this little line where you said, it's estimated that some people have up to 150 passwords. Is that how many that you have on your list? I was like, no, I didn't. I tend to only change like the ones that I want to keep super secure, like Facebook and email. That's Actually, it like social media and email tend to be the only ones that I would really update. And the other ones, I had a couple of low-level passwords that I remembered. But Mm -hmm. after you said that, I was like, rehaul time. I should do everything. And the list that I have, I can screenshot this because it's in my to-do list. And the list that I have is not 150, but it is still ridiculous. Like Amazon, Slack, Instagram, my website, a couple of websites that I use for press things, PayPal, my bank, like just like everything. Yelp. I just decided that I needed to update everything. And so I haven't done it. And then partway through the process of me trying to figure out if I should update everything, you tagged me in a tweet where it was like 
doesn't it make sense to use a password manager for this? So I'm like halfway through not even completing my process. And then you jump in with that helpful piece of advice. So then I go and download a password manager and I hate it. And now half my passwords are secure. Half of them aren't. I don't know what's going on. I just have this recurring task to change all my passwords and it's really daunting. I need help. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah, this was your payback. Um, it's not going well. And like, I get that a password manager is more secure. I get that. But it's taking me ages to log into everything because I think I also had to reset all the cookies on my on my browsers for something. Mm. So all my passwords are gone. So then I'm like, oh, well, this is great. I'll just reset all of them at the same time. But then the password manager isn't working as it's supposed to. Because instead of logging in through the normal website, I'm changing my password in like some subcategory of settings. So it's not recording the password as being for the main page. So then when I try to log in, I get a bunch of error messages. It's just been a nightmare. I'm I'm considering giving up the password manager because it's giving me a headache. Clearly, I'm not using it right. But I don't know. I'm lost. What have you done? Did you you start using a password manager? No. Remember how I feel guilty about like the books that I don't finish and stuff? This like password manager operation has now just been like this guilty feeling I've had all of January. Like, oh, I really should. Both I've been like, I really should change all my passwords like Haley does. And then I had this conversation at home in Iceland with my like work people and they were like, oh, using a password manager, obviously, so what makes sense? Because none of the passwords humans come up with make any sense. Like, they're, they're hard for humans to remember and easy for machines to crack. So they're basically just the worst. And I was mm. like, great. <laughs> now I just feel awful. And no, I haven't even created in my OmniFocus an item to change all my passwords. I just have this guilt feeling. <laughs> Okay. Well, I've I'm had glad. it throughout all of January. <laughs> I'm glad there's some residual payback in this for you like as well. <laughs> well, I'm kind of used to this guilt feeling about things that I don't do anyway, but I feel like I've just terrorized all of you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I think, so like the, the problem I'm having now is it's becoming difficult to use a password manager. And I don't know these passwords because they're supposed to be really difficult. And there's a bunch of, like, they just aren't words. They aren't things that I can remember. So now I also live in fear of getting locked out of my password manager. And then that would lock me out of everything. And I would never be able to remember the passwords. And so it just feels like I have two passwords for everything, which I admit is definitely more secure. But it also makes me live in fear. And it takes longer to do everything I'm trying to do. So I don't feel like Mm. it's actually efficient for my (laughs) well-being. Yeah, I had like two-factor authentication on almost everything maybe like a year ago or two years ago mm-hmm. and that was just a nightmare because it was like it was just so annoying so I basically turned off the two-factor authentication for everything except like my work email which is kind of weird because it's not even my main work email it's like my backup work email so I don't really use it for anything except just so I exist in like the company on that email address oh but it's like and that is like a super secure email account. <laughs> it's like everything else comes through like other email addresses from work anyway. So it's like, yeah, passwords, man. This is pretty funny, but I, yeah, because you don't want to mess around with this because this is literally your whole life is yes. on the internet now. But it's also yeah. like extremely stressful and difficult and super admin And I think we both just hate admin 
Yeah. Yeah. And I might get, end up getting locked out of everything if I forget something. And so <laughs> Cal Newport would have his wish and I would accidentally be quitting social media. And it would be terrible. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I have no idea what I'm going to do. But it's interesting to me that you don't have two-factor authentication on because I have to have it on for a lot of the things I use for work. So mm. it's almost my default to have it on for almost everything. So not only do I have a really obscure password that I can only get to by using another password and going into a password <laughs> manager, but then I also have to do two-factor authentication on pretty much everything. So it's like triple mm-hmm. secure. Wow. I think that's a little bit too much. I think, I don't know. By next episode, I'll either be fully committed to the password manager or I will have thrown out the password manager and changed all my passwords to something that I can remember so that I feel secure. I uh, don't check my personal email very often anymore because I, I feel like I live out of my work inbox. And I did check my personal email and got the most lovely email from one of our listeners his name is simon thank you very much simon for writing in he wrote to us to say i think my favorite part was that he said that we think he thinks we have good chemistry which i very much appreciate and he had some topic suggestions that was very helpful so thank you very much simon for anyone else that wants to write in uh we have an email which is hello at makework.work and you can totally email us anytime or send us a tweet yeah it made us we got it or you sent it to me over the Christmas break and it was just uh, it was like a little present so thank you Simon (laughs) it's a good way of putting it it was really sweet yeah speaking of the holidays Mm -hmm. did you do some end of year reflection okay this is like a whole big thing I was I I, I almost feel like I don't even know how to tackle it because I knew I know you like New Year's resolutions and those kind of things and I'm just like, okay, Haley wants to talk about New Year's resolutions, so I need to <laughs> live up to um, her amazingness. Aww. So basically, I think it's really important to both of us to do like end of year reflection, setting up the new year, like all of this process. Um, and it, it has always been really, I love the changing of the years just in general. I think it's like a great, you know, like an end of an era, beginning of a new chapter kind of thing. So I really just love that energy in general. And then... All of my pre-planned things to do before the changing of the years kind of went out the window because I was actually sick over the holidays. Aww. <laughs> um, and then we really wanted to get like the next episode out. And then I kind of decided I would rather spend time with my family when I was in Iceland than to be like locked in my room writing something down because I was like, why Fair. don't I just do this when I'm back in London? And then um, we were making the show notes and like the dry January, I really wanted to write for like you and the audience, like my experience with the dry January and like some reflections. And also because we've been doing like the journaling, it's like this whole big thing it all came together. (laughs) Like I was doing the journaling from like day one, but like I basically ended up writing this like 2000 words dry January reflection which ended up being like a reflection on like my whole life for like the last two years or something. Whoa. This is also like why I haven't posted anywhere because I was like, wow, this is like, it just came out of me. Like I didn't plan for this to happen. That's deep. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It was like a weird experience for me because I haven't done this like reflection in this way before. And I basically looked at it and I was like, I'm just pretty happy with the track I'm on. (laughs) Um, 
Good. So I kind of decided just to stick to what I've been doing and not really do any like fast and hard New Year's resolutions. And then um, I had already kind of started doing this, not really purposefully, but this was just kind of already happening. So I, I have like a checklist I do every month, which is called monthlies. So it's everything I need to do every month. And then like a part of that is just also planning because my social calendar is pretty busy and my travel calendar is pretty busy. So I just like to sit down before the month starts and plan out my whole month just so I know about any conflicts beforehand that I can cancel and rearrange and that kind of thing. And then um, that was kind of not enough time. So I started doing it like quarterly. So I had started like these checklists for like every quarter, which would be like travel plans and coordination because normally when I travel, I it's with more people than just myself. Yeah. So it just takes a lot of coordination and that kind of thing. So I was starting to put on like these quarterly plans all the kind of travel plans and when do I have guests coming and all that kind of thing and so then I kind of was looking at it for the new year and um in relation to work I basically um realized that like these quarters make more sense as a time unit for me Mm. I find like a year like a really long time um so I basically and this really lined well with work because I like caught up with everybody at work when I was in Iceland and everybody was kind of in agreement what needed to get done. And I sat down in like a day, I wrote like a pretty detailed strategy slash action plan. And that's probably going to last me for this first quarter of the year. And so, yeah, I basically just planned the quarter pretty detailed, like both with work and with travel. And yeah, so that was basically kind of how I, so I haven't done like a new year's resolution I just did like a super deep reflection (laughs) and then like a short but detailed action plan. Okay. I think that whatever works for you works for you. I I don't do resolutions either. I do goals. I don't I think there's like a slight difference where a resolution is like something that you want to change, but you might not have a specific metric. Like to me, resolutions aren't very specific. Like it might be drink less caffeine or work out more but yeah goals are more concrete and more like I set goals and I'm like I want to get this done by July I want to get this done by October and um I don't like I set them for the year but at the same time I don't remember who this quote from so I'm going to find it for the show notes but I read somewhere from a blog post someone wrote that the lifespan of a goal is really only 40 days before it's time to be adjusted. And I totally agree with that. I think there's so many things that change in your life over the course of a month that your goals might completely shift based on something that happens. So I set goals for the year, but I adjust them every month or Uh. like month and a bit sometimes. But it's not a huge commitment. Like every now and again, I just check the book with my goals and I'm like, oh, am I on track for this? Or do I need to change this because something else has shifted? So... That so is... we basically do exactly the same. We just have a slightly different approach to yeah, how we think about it. It sounds like it. I But my goals aren't, one of them is work-related. But it sounds like you're, the big strategy and action plan that you set was for work, right? Yeah, and then it was just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to do personal goals. I still don't <laughs> know how to do this. I still have to read all about what you uh, posted in the last, episodes show notes I'm waiting for it to show up like on Twitter so I can read it then um <laughs> but like wait the 
my like how I set goals. Yeah, I, st- I just still don't fully understand. Like I, I already do like financial planning, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe th- you would count that as goals. Um, <laughs> with like workout things, I feel like I don't know. I just maybe I think about it differently. Um, the goals has never really resonated with me. I mm. I don't know why. I feel like I don't know. So it's anyway, different for everyone. It is on Twitter yeah. though, by the way. It's it oh, was I tweeted Twitter. it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Clearly I don't spend enough time on Twitter. That's, that should be my <laughs> that should be my goal. <laughs> no, that's a resolution. Yeah. Spend more time on Twitter. Oh, sorry. Yeah, New Year's resolution: spend more time on Twitter. <laughs> great, great start to 2018. <laughs> Do you want to say anything more about this? Um. Well. Or do you have more work goals or how's, yeah. Well, I feel like they fall into two categories for me. So I keep the notebook where I keep all my, the goals that I am setting for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And I check in on those and those fall into work and finances and fitness and stuff like that. But I also set goals at work with my manager. So those are different in that. I have someone that I'm reporting these goals and oftentimes metrics mm. to. So those aren't kept in like a personal notebook or anything. They're in a shared document um, where the whole marketing team can see them. So I set goals, work goals every six weeks. So we do six-week cycles with a two-week break in between. So every eight weeks, my goals reset at work. Oh, Okay. But like my my goal that I wrote for myself is more zoomed out. It's like a bigger picture of throughout the year, what do I want to achieve at work? And it's a bigger picture one, whereas these are smaller, like over the next six weeks, I'm going to shift this thing by doing this. And it's like smaller metrics almost like I feel like the goal that I set for myself is big picture. And then the goals that I achieve at work are like project based and more. I don't know if I'm explaining this very well. I find this like just endlessly interesting how people do it because it's yeah like work work is we've kind of talked about this but like I feel like everybody's jobs are just kind of complicated it's really difficult to explain what you do to other people and yeah and I feel like ghosts and plans they are kind of like the skeleton that everything gets built on so I think they're really important so I think it's um I would also love to know like audiences process with goals and how they set it and how they track it and because I feel like you do more like specific goals and then reflect on those goals where I do more like plans maybe yeah and I would I would I agree with you I'd be very interested in hearing what the audience does because I think that everyone has to do it differently and even myself I've done it Mm -hmm. differently for different stages of my life so I'm definitely interested in other people's processes. I could geek out over this. Like <laughs> if, if you send me a long email about this and you have a detailed process, I will read it. I will yeah, I would actually read, read that. Yeah, I would read that. The last the email Simon sent us, that was just compliments. But I read that like multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> it was really sweet. Uh, but yeah, like process emails would also be very, very well received. Um, oh my gosh. Interesting. In the future, imagine our listeners start sending us like spreadsheets. Oh my god, that's so cool! <laughs> this so just like, goes to show the level of geekiness that we want to achieve from this podcast. I want to know yeah. your processes. I want to know what your spreadsheets look like. Mm-hmm. Definitely, this would be good. Well, 
it feels like 2018 is gearing up pretty well so far. Yeah. Oh, we also, so the journaling, we've mentioned that already, but is that a part of your goals to do journaling with the Daily Stoic or? No, that is a habit. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> entirely different. I'm sorry. I just have so many different buckets for things. Like there's resolutions, which I don't make. There are habits, which I track using an app. There are tasks, which I used to do ISK for. <laughs> there are goals, which is like the only thing I use a notebook for. And then there are work goals, which I use Dropbox paper for. But these are all different buckets to me. <laughs> so habits to me are things that I want to do consistently for a long period of time. So it's not really a goal because a goal has an end in sight where ideally this wouldn't end, right? So um, mm-hmm. I oftentimes when I, I've worked with a couple of my friends because clearly this is something that I am actually passionate about, <laughs> goal setting. <laughs> so I've worked with a couple of different friends to set their goals before. And one of the things that we run into is the difference between a task, a goal, and a habit. So a task is something you can check off quickly. It's not really like something, it would be nice to complete it, but it's not like an achievement a habit is something you want to do over a long period of time consistently. So you want to get into the habit of it. And a goal is like a big thing that you need to work towards. And eventually you're going to achieve it in the future. And it's going to be specific. But so habits, I use an app to track that. And some of the habits that I try to keep a streak of are doing yoga, journaling, going for a walk, um, like those kinds of things. Those are things that I wouldn't really set a goal for that. But I do want to make sure that I keep doing them. So I use a habits app. What habit apps do you use? I was just about to check. I think it's called Productive. This is new for me. And yeah, Mm -hmm. it is called Productive. It's like a black icon on iOS. And I just wanted something easy where I can just check off that I've done it and see the streak that I have so that I can continue doing it. So it has worked out really well for me. They keep trying to up me to premium, but I'm so pleased with what I'm getting at free. So maybe that's a, <laughs> maybe that's like a product flaw on their end, but I'm, I, I don't even think I need the premium. I think I'm good with the free version. <laughs> There's an app. This actually uh, was a part of my um, reflection with the dry January was because a part of my process was using a streaks app, which is literally called streaks. Oh, <laughs> Maybe uh, I should try that one. I really like that. No, well, if you really love the one you're using, you should stick to that one. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it's a really, if if anyone who's listening wants to try something like this, here's my recommendation that I found worked really well for me is that there's, there's like a difference. You probably have better recapture for this, but I think there's a difference to understanding what the situation is now and then to your um, ambition or to what you want it to be. And I think the trick with all of these things is what you want from the beginning is you want to understand what the situation you're working with today is. And my recommendation would be to use something, if this is something you're interested in, is use something like the Streaks app or Haley's app just to see where you are at the moment and then it's easier to set goals that are more realistic or more achievable or something because you have some data to work with. Mm. I don't know if you found this to be the case, but I, to me, it's, for me, this was like an eye-opening experience to be able to track something without like value judgment at first and then later do like the, so you, you know the situation and then you create the aspirational plan and then like the goal brings you to the aspirational plan. Oh, I like that. But you don't necessarily start off with the with the perfect version. 
Oh, totally. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that that's definitely valuable. I personally have been obsessed with this for so many years that I'm, I know the current situation because I track it obsessively, but I can definitely see how this would be valuable um, if this isn't something that you've done before. Yeah, I feel like you're not really like a fair comparison because <laughs> this is literally like, yeah. So this this piece of advice was for somebody who's just about to get started with something like this because it can be really daunting and like disheartening if you can't do it like perfect from day one. Oh, see, I have a whole thing that I've been, that has been mulling around in my brain for a while now on that, on not being perfect from day one. I feel like so there's a lot of things with habits and with goals and and things like that where people talk about how difficult it is once you fall off the wagon to get back mm-hmm. on. And I definitely agree. Like if your goal is is something um, and you don't do it for one day or if your habits, like if you're trying to do something every single day and you don't do it for one day, is more difficult to start again. But I've sort of started to reframe my mind so I'm not trying to get a perfect score on any of these apps because I think that that is really crazy and I'm just I accept that I am not perfect at these things um but when I think about it let's say that I get 90 out of 100 days that I do all of my habits instead of thinking that I broke my streak a couple of times probably which I did and I I do I didn't do some of the things um, this past weekend that I was supposed to do I think of it as getting 90 out of 100, 90%. And honestly, when I was in school, I would have been totally fine with 90%. So I don't know why that changes in my adult life and all of a sudden I need 100%. So I've sort of stopped trying to think of everything as it has to be perfect or else why am I doing this? And I've I've started mm-hmm. to think more of it as I'm going to try to get as many notches out of 100% as I can. And you know what? If I get 99 out of 100 or even 90 out of 100, I'm going to be happy. And if I don't, I'm just going to keep going. So instead of thinking of it as like getting back on the wagon every time I think of it as I'm trying to do this many out of a hundred and this is small the fact that I didn't do something on Saturday isn't going to bother me at all I'm going to keep doing it yeah this was um in one of my uh, podcasts I listened to called hello internet which you know I'm a big fan of um I, I I could probably find the link to this specific episode um they like the two hosts there were talking about like health goals and one of the hosts says, um, the skill is not like staying on the wagon. The skill is getting back on the wagon. It's like if you go from, let's say you never exercise in your entire life and you're trying to start exercising and then you kind of break your stride, going back to never exercising again is worse than kind of falling off the wagon, if that makes sense. And so the kind of act of, getting back into it is actually more valuable than never breaking your streak because that's what you're training yourself to do you're training yourself to build this new habit that maybe you didn't have before in any capacity and this Mm -hmm. has really stuck with me because for example like I do yoga I try to do it more consistently but it's like I'm trying to build it into my routine in a way that um, it's just like a perfectly like a perfect habit that I have all the time and it's like a process and I've noticed that and I was I get like sometimes I'm really into routine of doing it but then I go traveling and then it kind of breaks my stride and then um I've noticed when like when you first go back to it like you're way worse than where you left off (laughs) but 
you're still way better than you were when you first started and you're much quicker at getting to the level you were at before you kind of went traveling or did something and so I've actually managed through this like thinking about it this way to not think of like breaking my stride as like this awful thing but I feel like it's an achievement when you get back into the habit and you're quicker at getting to the level you were at when you kind of left off yeah I completely agree I've definitely felt the same I have definitely felt the same and I think that you're right about saying travel here because I do feel like travel interferes with habits and routines a lot and it might be from doing so much travel that we've had to learn how to restart those habits and routines every time we get back and I try to associate a place with a habit so I know that when I'm here in Colorado in the morning I roll out my yoga mat and like that's just how it is and so it's definitely difficult like when I was in London um we went to the gym once it was great Mm -hmm. we did not go any other time that we were there so it was like that wasn't a habit and it's also it's like we were in London for eight days we were on vacation it's not really worth trying to create a habit or beating myself up over it I'm like oh I'll just I have a bunch of habits in Colorado that I'll get back to when I'm there so I definitely I love that perspective I totally agree I also just find it like when I'm visiting family, like you're now making plans as a family, mm. not me as an individual. So if I go like, oh, I'm going to spend two hours going to this yoga thing. Now everybody else's day is affected by this. So it's like, yeah, I think, and this is why I think it's really bad to beat yourself up about it because it's really... And it's it's crazy. I, I I actually was kind of surprised because I noticed when when I was back home, I found it re- also I was kind of sick, so it wasn't really like the best for health for me just in general. But yeah. I I, f- I found myself really missing yoga and doing that, and so I was excited to get back to London and get back into it. Mm-hmm. Which also just shows that like the approach is working like permanently. Like this is not yeah. like oh. I have this like thing for yoga for two months now. It's like, no, I, I miss it when it's not a part of my life anymore. Yeah, I I like that. And I, I think that that's the way that it should be with these habits. Like the goal isn't to go into a yoga fad for two months. It's to build the habit mm-hmm. and the love of yoga over your life, right? Like you're, mm-hmm. if we're, we've been talking about like goals and vision, like if you really zoom out, do you want to have done yoga super intensely for two weeks? Or do you want to have created <laughs> a really simple practice that you keep doing throughout your entire life right like that's going to have way more impact yeah and that has like because I wasn't really super sporty especially like not in my early I did it as a kid but then I didn't do it so much like around my 20 year mark and I think um yeah so when I was like getting back into it um I was like I don't want this to be like I buy a gym membership for three months I was like I want something that is going to work with my routine long term. And this is why I picked yoga and running because you can do that pretty much everywhere. And it's not reliant on money and all those other things that can interfere yeah, or schedule because you can just do it when you're at home or whatever. Yeah, I picked Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and... That's a lot more difficult to keep <laughs> having up. You need like a gym and instructors and you need to be wearing the gi and you need partners and the gi is 
super heavy to travel with. I remember when you were in Iceland with your tiny, tiny little bag and your key was literally half of your suitcase. I was like, who are you? How are we friends? I like travel with a way bigger suitcase and I also don't have these required heavy outfits I have to take with me. Dedication, dedication and also a lot of a lot of minimalism. And yeah, I, we, I, th- I even think this has come up on the podcast before, but I wear a lot of the same clothes over again and a lot of the same colors, which would be black that go with yeah. each other. So it just works for me. Yeah, I know. And, and I actually like you're so committed to the jujitsu. I think that's really like we should talk about that some uh, sometime. But it's because you, you managed to do it like when you were in Iceland and you've done it when you're traveling in different cities, like you find yourself a studio and you go I. I was astonished by that when you did that in Iceland. That was so cool. Thank you. Thank you. It is one of those things where I'm not going to beat myself up over missing some classes, but if I can go and continue to make it like a lifelong practice. I know a bunch of people that are like 60s, 70s. I mm-hmm. might one, one of them might be 80s that still do jujitsu because it is a gentler martial art than many. So I think uh, maybe I could be like my ultimate goal become a super ninja grandma so what so journaling is a habit for you so you do it every day as a part of your streaks what else do you track in your streaks operation um what i said so yoga journaling going for a walk and brazilian jiu-jitsu because i try to do that multiple times a week um and those are my four i think you can only have four habits with productive that you track at a time so those are them. One of them that I also tried to track was working out, but that one I'm I'm good without tracking now. So I have another app for that. So I, um, yeah, those are the four. Going for a walk has been important to me. Weirdly, this mm-hmm. is a new one for 2018 because I'm at home all day and I'm just like sitting and I could just stay here forever. There's unlimited tea and snacks. Like this place is great. So I I noticed this when I go back to Iceland. I, because in London, I walk for probably... I think my average is about like 4,000 steps a day, just like walking to and from work. And sometimes I come like step step by somewhere on the way. And as soon as that goes down, normally when I'm traveling, I get so much more cranky and annoyed. So walking is so important, at least for me. But I don't need to track that. I'm super aware of that. Yeah, I haven't built that into a habit yet, right? Like I, for me to walk, I have to leave home and I'm in an, a subdivision, like, I had to find a path and it's not natural. Mm. Like for you, it's a little bit more natural because it's like, I am, I need to get to work. So I'm going to go from point A to point B and it makes Mm -hmm. sense to walk there. But I feel like it's like an unnatural part of my day that I have to like insert. It's not going to happen organically. Yeah. That's really interesting. With the, with the, um, I wanted to touch on this with the, like the journaling and the daily stoic is from what I understand, you basically spent, last year reading the daily stoic every day and now you want to do journaling every day and i feel like that i the my journaling approach has been freestyle from day one and like super naturally <laughs> nice and as soon as i got the book because we have like the printed version so it's not like i just do it um and i just like scratched out the questions because i already knew what i wanted to write about oh. and and then I, yeah, it was really weird. And then I would do like my evening reflection and then I would go and write my morning reflection, but in the evening because 
I'm always rushing in the mornings. And then I did like the 2000 word dry January one. I had like an interesting interaction on Saturday and I wrote like a 500 word one on that, like on my computer. So I've been like going like super freestyle. And I feel like to me, this is almost like a confidence. It's like you start with like a super rigid habit to build up the habit. So it's like, oh, you have an app and you track it and you do all these things. And then when you don't really need to track it, because to me that shows it's like ingrained now, like you don't need to track it to keep track of it. You just know you're going to do it anyway. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's been really, I like the journaling, but I'm doing it super freestyle. I maybe one or two of the questions have I like literally replied to right away. So I've just been writing what I want to write about. And then I have been like more following along with what the group is saying and what I find really interesting is because basically the two of us had this, like, this instant love of the book. And I feel like a lot of people in the group are like being more critical and they're like introducing new branches of philosophy. And I was like, oh God, I'm so uneducated. I'm like not able to keep up with this. But I find it so fascinating. So yeah, so journaling is kind of cool. I've never done it before. Do you think that without the specific daily stoic journal you would keep journaling like next year if you just got a normal journal oh that's a really good question um oh that's a really good question I I, um I don't know I feel like a lot of my processes just with dealing with humans and dealing with my life is through writing anyway and I feel like I have piled up all these notes about everything since I was young And I never really knew what they were, but now I'm just piecing together that these are just reflections and journaling entries almost, but like unstructured. Mm. And so I feel like this is almost like something I was kind of doing anyway, but not, I didn't know that was what that was. Does that make (laughs) sense? I was like, oh, this is what it is. It's like reflecting on something and it's getting something out of your system. And one of my friends, she writes, she does morning pages. You met her. Um, yes. And she was saying that sometimes you look for answers and you go read something. But she kind of raised the point where quite often you don't need to read something. You already know the answers. So she often like writes her way out of situations because. Yeah. Like, you know, what's the right thing? Like, you know, if you're in a sticky situation or something like, yeah, you might consult with a friend or something. But like within your heart of hearts, you know what's the right thing. Yeah. You just need to dig down and get it. Yeah, exactly. And like you can either do that with a friend or with writing or with reading something. And so she just basically kind of told me that like reading can be a way to work things out for yourself just as much as reading can. Journaling. Yeah, journaling. (laughs) So. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, I've used that before. So I'm not a regular journaler until recently, but I have definitely used that before when I've been in sticky situations or when there's a decision that I have to make and I'm not sure what my answer is, but like I do know what my answer is. I just need to write through it. So I have I have pages in a notebook that I use for that, but it's not frequent. Interestingly enough, as you were talking, I realized that I used to do something that was slightly similar to journaling, but not quite. And it was called one line a day. There are these little notebooks that you can buy 
And essentially it has one page for every day of the year. And then it splits that page into five. And you write a couple of lines about that day, flip to the next page, write a couple of lines about that day. And then next year you do the same thing, but you can see what you wrote the year before. And so the idea is to keep a journal of how you spent your days or whatever it is that you want to journal about for five years where you can see what your thoughts were for every day. And I did that pretty solidly for three years and a little bit in the fourth year. And then I totally fell off the fifth year, but I did do them. It was just, they were a lot shorter. Like you would have only a couple of lines in a very small notebook. And I I tended to write more about where I was traveling or who I was with, which was nice, but it wasn't as reflective as journaling is where you're like looking into yourself. Yeah. It's really cool. Like it's weird. Like it's, it's almost, I don't know. It almost gives you like this confidence in a weird way. I don't know. Yeah. And I really didn't really expect that. Yeah. I am enjoying the journaling with the daily stoic. And I think maybe after this year, I will try morning pages or even just the book where they write about morning pages, which we will link to in the show notes, um, mainly because I want to find the link anyway. So I might as well include it in there. (laughs) Um, I've heard the fantastic things about that book, but I have not read it. Yeah. So for those who don't know, morning pages is basically you write. Do you remember how long it is? It's like three pages. It's pretty long. I have. I don't even know. I don't even know. Three pages sounds right. <laughs> uh, so my friend or our friend, she she does this. You're supposed to write three pages in the morning, like before you do anything, like before you check social media, before you interact with your humans in your life, before you do anything. And she says the same thing about the perfectionism thing. It's like she doesn't do it perfectly all the time. So, for example, we had brunch the other day when you were in London and then she went home and wrote the morning pages. So, like, it's not completely perfect. But she told me, I was quite inspired by that. She's, she hadn't even done it for that long. I think she started doing this in, like, the summer or something. And she's already written over 100,000 pages. That's crazy. Wait, 100,000 pages or 100,000 yeah. words? No, 100. Oh, I don't know. No, 100. I don't know. To me, both wow. are just crazy long anyway. Okay. And it's cra- crazy because she has these ambitions to write a book or write a novel or something. And that's like 50,000 words or something. And suddenly when you already have a document that has more words in it, writing a novel seems more achievable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that. I totally agree. I think that's that's fair. I think a lot of people who write blogs have talked about how if you look back at all the blog posts that you've written you've written close to a novel sometimes depending on your blogging journey and I think for you Mm -hmm. Happy it might be that because you have written so much for work (laughs) oh my god I didn't even think about that yeah I've also had a blog since I was basically like a kid so I've I've kind of this like writing and publishing it has always been like a part of my life um oh I have a I have a stat that I want to share in here. Oh, yeah. Maybe you'll know the true part of this statistic, but I heard that something like one in every one in 5 people in Iceland has published a book. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty true. Yeah. Wow. That's I think that's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Way to go Iceland. Yeah, so my theory is it's we have really long winters, so <laughs> people write books. Okay. Fair. <laughs> and read books. But it was actually, it's really funny you bring that up. This is going to be of no use to anyone except unless we have some Icelandic listeners. But um, obviously books are like quite a big gift around Christmas. Um, 
So normally you come home after the holidays with quite a few books in your in your bag. And this time I had two poetry books and I've never really been like a super big into poetry. Not that I'm against it, but there's no, <laughs> normally not the books that I buy. And I had two and I know both of the people who wrote those books. Wow. And also both of them are I'll link to them in the show notes, not that anybody's going to be able to read them, except those Icelandic people who might be listening. Um, but also both are, like, phenomenal. Like, one of them is, like, more short and more, like, philosophical and really good. And the other one my cousin wrote, and she's writing it about, like, her relationship with her parents. And it's Aww. really personal and it's really deep. And because I've known, like, she's my cousin, so I know her family, it's really powerful and I was just going to read all of it and I got through like the first section and I had to put it down because I just had to process all this poetry. Wow. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. So yeah, a lot of writers, people in Iceland, for sure. I need more friends that write books. This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get friends who write good books because oh, okay. I think I have this fear of having friends who write books or something and then I don't like it. And I'm like, oh, oh great. <laughs> yeah. And you wouldn't want to tell them? No. Could you tell them? I would probably phrase it in a way where I said that it wasn't for me. And if they wanted to know why, I would tell them why. But I don't know. I've been a lot more honest in the past couple of months with people or just like (laughs) genuine. Like I wouldn't say it in a mean way, but if they were like, hey, I really want to know what you think, I would be like, you know, this one isn't for me, but I could see that there could be some people that are interested in this and I'm not your target audience. Yeah. I, I even have this with the podcast. Whenever the podcast comes up, normally I'm not even the one to bring it up. Somebody else brings it up. I'm always like, you're under no obligation to listen to the podcast. <laughs> even if you're my friend, <laughs> this is optional. There will be no quiz. <laughs> this is not <laughs> required. Listen <laughs> to be my friends. <laughs> yes, I agree. I feel like it's such an ask too because all of our episodes are an hour or more and so like that's a big chunk of time if you're not interested just it's like the unfinished books just do something that you're interested in i'm not gonna force all my family and friends to listen to this (laughs) although both Mm -hmm. of my siblings listen to the podcast which i think is (laughs) adorable (laughs) i think none of my siblings have any interest in the podcast Oh, I was showing my siblings, your siblings on Instagram since they're such Instagram powerhouses (laughs) (laughs) over the holidays. (laughs) This was so frustrating. So my sister and I, who's she's 15 and is like on the Instagram track. um, (laughs) We we did like I said, like, oh, do you think I have more Twitter followers than you have Instagram followers? And she was like, no, I had more Instagram followers. And I was like, are you sure? And then we checked and she had like. 1360 and I had like 1320 oh it's close and I was like man this is so frustrating (laughs) so I'm in like this unofficial competition with my sister now I don't even think she knows she just thought it was funny uh, to reach her Instagram followers but on Twitter Okay, shout out your Twitter handle so that everyone can help you that listens to this podcast. No, 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 no. People can find it if they want to. We don't need to. I'll put it in the show notes. It's going in the show notes. (laughs) Okay, speaking of your Twitter, Mm -hmm. I went to it right before 
recording this episode <laughs> to see what you've been tweeting about. And yeah. it looks like you shared um, like a year in review from Rescue Time, which is a time mm-hmm. tracker. So my feeling from this is that you have been sneakily time tracking <laughs> and no one has known that you've been time tracking. It feels like the kind of thing that we would talk about on this podcast. And by no one has known, I mean me, but I think other people too, but I'm very offended. <laughs> <laughs> We're like episode six and you already thrown out everything about me. This is how you build like a longevity into the podcast. Um, no, so there's this, I really like this actually. There's, there's a product called Rescue Time and I signed up for it according to this statistic graph I got in June-ish, I guess. And what I like about this is that, because I've been interested in time tracking mildly, like not enough for me to actually go do it, but I thought it's interesting for a while. And the whole, you have to press a button to change between things. I just know it's functionally never going to work for me because as I've talked about on the podcast before, quite often I get pulled into some chats with like devs who are working on something or I'm going testing something and having to press a button every time I'm doing those things is just wildly unproductive in my imagination. Yeah. And then so people that for don't know time tracking, the button would be to track what you were spending your time on. So like the idea being that you would if you're in Google Drive, it would be, you would track that. But then if you went over to Twitter, it would be something else. And that would be very difficult to do if you're changing things really quickly, right? Yeah. And there's a literally, I feel like a lot of my time is spent like, somebody is asking me something, I write a reply. I go to Twitter while I wait for them to reply because I'm not going to just stare at the Slack. And also I cannot use this time for anything else, literally. So this kind of back and forth is super natural for me. And yeah, and the time tracking. So some people even do like really strict, like 40 minutes blocks of time just writing or 40 minute blocks of time just doing this one thing. And I've always found this really appealing, but I just don't practically see how I could do that. And then I found this app called Rescue Time. I don't even know how I found this. I guess this is how I work on the internet. I just find stuff. And what I like about this is that it just does it all automatically. Nice. So it just scans, it just looks at your computer screen, I guess, and then it gives you a report. And what I like about this app is that you basically never have to go into the app. (laughs) It's like an invisible app, basically, which is perfect. And then every week I get an email that just shares, they do like a productivity score. So it says like productive time versus non-productive time. And like non-productive time is like social media, news, um. Yeah, I think those two are probably the biggest time sink for most people. And then productive time is, you know, Trello, like pages, spreadsheets, basically all of those apps. Slack. Slack. Although that's debatable. Yeah, no, yeah, I, th- I actually think they have a different category for Slack and calendar and email and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty granular, actually. So it breaks it down. Then what I also really like about it is you can, like if they, for example, like our product that I work on most of the time is enlisted in this app because obviously like how would they? So I just sorted that in the productive category. And if your job is maybe to write emails all day, you could classify emails as productive time. Whereas for somebody else, it would not be productive. So you can kind of choose how you what you classify as productive and what you class 
classify as non-productive. Interesting. I feel like it's it's different for everyone. Sometimes I'm on Twitter because it's fun, and sometimes I'm on Twitter because I am communicating with reporters. So it's like yeah, could be either or. But that's very interesting. I like that. So you essentially pick the websites and apps that you would classify as unproductive, and whenever you're they on do, them, it checks it checks it. They do a lot of it automatically. Um, but then if something looks weird, you can go and change it. So I've never really oh. had to set anything up for this app. There was just a couple of times where I was like, wait, this looks a little bit weird. And I just fiddled with some settings and then I did it. And also I, I'm with you on that. It's like, I got like a weekly report that was like pretty appalling. It was like 40% productive, 60% non-productive. Oh my gosh. But that was like a week where I was trying to figure out how Reddit works and see if we could use it to drive traffic and stuff. So I was spending quite a lot of time on Reddit just for like strategy reasons, because I was like, for a person on the Internet, I feel like I should understand how Reddit works because it's pretty powerful. So oh my gosh, tell me I about it. I was like nerdily trying to understand Reddit as like not a huge, I've never used Reddit for my own pleasure. Um it's okay. like I don't really fully understand it. This is a conversation for another time. I've, I'm getting the sense from you. Um, this is this is a whole other conversation. <laughs> but Reddit was productive in your case. No, so but then the like results were really skewed. But I got that, and then I looked at it, and I was like, wow, this was so like this Reddit time that I'm not classifying as non-productive. But I actually quite like getting the scores. So it's almost like a weekly reflection. That's basically how I use this app. Nice. I like yeah. that. I like that. I, uh... Oh, and it's free. I, I'm st- I'm not even on the premium. Nice. I, this is the same as the app you're using. This is like, yeah. I would probably start paying for this, but they have just... Whatever their premium features are, I have just not been presented well enough for me. I'm quite happy on the free version as it is. Look at us go with the free apps. This isn't like <laughs> us. Usually we're like the first ones to pay for things. I know. That's yeah. funny. You know, so the tweet that you had with time tracking, I thought was interesting because it was not your whole year, but like part of your year in metrics. Mm -hmm. And you also found that there is a place in Todoist where you can get your year in review. And while you don't use Todoist (laughs) in parentheses yet, and also we will follow (laughs) up on this, um, I use Todoist obsessively for everything from grocery lists to birthday and Christmas shopping for my family to actual work projects to make work work projects so there were a lot of tasks on there and I finally figured out how to get my year in review and Todoist and (gasps) it's not quite time tracking but it is a type of productivity tracking and I Mm -hmm. really enjoyed it like I just thought it was so fascinating to look back at the past year and see like April was my most productive month who knew I I don't know (laughs) apparently I do a lot on Mondays and um yeah it was just it was just really neat to see so I don't know if time tracking is quite for me like I can see the interest in it it's just like I would be curious of course I think it would be more valuable to me if I were a freelancer or someone running my own business but yeah I really agree with that so I think that if you are a freelancer running your own business time tracking could be very helpful for you but for me I don't know. So Todoist and the productivity report that I'm getting from Todoist is helpful enough. I don't get it weekly, but I can check my stats there as well. Yeah, I'm really hoping OmniFocus will copy Todoist and do like a (laughs) year in review. I would be really interested to see because there's like a, you can actually view all of your completed projects. And I kind of accidentally did that once and I was like, oh, whoa. 
There's loads in here. So <laughs> it was like a nice little post, but they they didn't do anything like this for me, which makes me a little bit sad. Aww. Well. But the rescue time, I can fully put that happy stamp of approval on rescue time. <laughs> that is an excellent product. I really enjoy it. I That year-end review was a pleasant surprise. I wasn't expecting. Um, so big, big thumbs up for me. I like that. I'm uh, mm-hmm. I'm realizing that my CEO has that whole other Twitter account that tweets about his productivity. Do you follow that one? No, but I want to. What is <laughs> oh, that? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to have to find it. But he's been experimenting with productivity as well. And he actually has a Twitter account that you can follow where you see what he's read. And then I think, and I don't know if it's updated. So if it isn't, that's going to be um, disappointing. So it's at Joel Feed. And... This it's like a fully automated feed of his life and he's adding more sources and it's an experiment in personal transparency. But so it shares all the articles that he reads. And I think, let me scroll down, it shares it used to share how productive he's been or like how his hours were spent on a computer, but I don't see one from recently. But I know that he is fiddling around with this. So if you're interested in an example of like I am personal super- productivity. Neat. When we were in Barcelona, we had I had a long conversation with him about something along those lines. And he basically, I remember him saying quite clearly, he was like, I just want to track everything. <laughs> like, yeah, because we were we were talking about like house tracking and stuff. He was like, I just want all of this tracked. I want my doctors to have access to all of this. I just want it all to be tracked and available. So as soon as something looks weird or is ticked off or something, you just instantly get the best people to look at it. Which... I feel like he's super, like, futuristic almost in his approach to tracking and also because he's so public about everything. Yeah, he's very transparent. It's funny because mm-hmm. when I spoke to him about this, I mentioned the Todoist year in review and he was like, maybe I should use Todoist more often so that by the end of next year I have more data. And I was like, yeah, team Todoist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like growing there, yeah. Yeah. But they're friends as well, aren't they? Like, oh, yeah, they are. The, yeah, yeah. They are. I mean, yeah. It's just really sweet. <laughs> so sweet. But yeah, I remember he, he is super into the tracking. I... I, I find it like interesting, but I don't want to have to put in the effort to track everything. I like that automatic part of it. Yeah. And I think this would, I use Instapaper for like most of the articles I read. I think it would be really interesting that it would somehow automatically share just the ones you finished or something. I, I'm going to like now stalk your CEO further <laughs> I think and figure good. out how he's doing. I'm guessing this is some kind of Sapier extension that he's using. Well, you may have to talk to him and get all this information from him and then report that back to me. Yeah, so do we want to end on... I feel like you're really excited about something as well. Do you want to share it with the, with the group? Also can be found on my Twitter. Um, <laughs> I Yeah, I, I was being advertised this book for a while, which is funny. Usually oh. they don't work. This is how I found out about this book. I thought... Um, what on looked, Facebook ads or no it was on Kindle and Audible it was being advertised to me like on Kindle on Audible and I think even on Goodreads but I don't remember so on all the places where I find reading yeah so it just looked really interesting I liked the first book that this author wrote so it's called Artemis by Andy Weir and he wrote The Martian which I saw as a movie and loved oh 
Oh, I've read that one. Yeah, I actually haven't read it. So I've watched the movie and I loved it. And Mm -hmm. so I finally got the book and my dad is obsessed with audiobooks and I told him about it and he downloaded the audiobook format. And I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. I don't know how I will eventually read it, but I will. And he raved about the audiobook and I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. It's like... I, I tend to listen to audiobooks that are rereads of self-improvement or business books, but I gave it a shot and mm-hmm. it is hands down the best audiobook I've ever listened to. And Whoa. I have listened to like all of the Harry Potter audiobooks. So <laughs> this is how you know. It was phenomenal. The actress who did it, who did the reading, her name is Rosario Dawson. So she's been in quite a few movies, but it was like they even said they introduced it as being performed by Rosario Dawson, not being read. And I do think it was a really good performance. She did a wonderful job. Plus the audiobook was just really fascinating. So I tweeted that it's the best audiobook I've ever listened to. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at a loss because I feel like I've just had the best and I don't know what I can follow it up with. I feel slightly ruined. But if any of our listeners have audiobooks that they listen to that they might recommend, I would be super grateful. Um, did you read the Golden Compass book as a child? I did read those as a child, probably more than once. <laughs> I loved those, and I'm a little bit upset with Hollywood that they never properly translated those into movies because there was like this whole big thing around that. But that's not what I'm going to talk about. Um, I have heard the audiobooks for that are fantastic. I uh, maybe I will listen to that. Maybe I like novels in an audiobook format now. This is all very new to me. I'm enjoying it though. Yeah, so I I haven't listened to it myself, but I've heard from people I trust that it's it's really good. it really works because that's almost like a performance because most of the for those who don't know Golden Compass is by a man called Philip Pullman and it's a first book in like a three book series. I don't remember what they're all called. Um and it's basically this alternative universe and it's like this little girl and everybody in the books has like a little side animal that is like a part of their person and the animal takes shape based on like the character of the person and it's like this really interesting everybody has this like basically two as one characters is really interesting and somebody has like a monkey and somebody has almost like a little fly and it's all these different versions of it and um it's really I love these books as a kid it's like what do you call like young adult maybe yeah yeah young adult fiction um yeah just like magical storytelling (laughs) yeah i love them as a kid too yeah i i think i may have reread i haven't read them as an adult but i i've heard they hold up really well and um i've also heard that the audiobooks because then they have i think they have actors for because a lot of it is dialogue between the person and the little animal and i think they have actors for all the animals and all the people Oh, so it's like a performance um, by multiple people. Yeah, I haven't listened myself, but I've heard it's really, really, really good. That's a great recommendation. I will let you know. uh, I'm feeling like listening to these now, so I'll let you know if that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I love them as a kid, but I totally forgot the storyline. I remember seeing the movie also and being like, meh. Um, So I maybe it's worth it. I don't remember. I was going to like get into the storyline and I was like, I have no recollection. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even you being like, and then everyone has these little spirit animals inside them. I was like, oh yeah. Like I just, I don't remember anything. (laughs) It's been a long time. 
yeah there's sort of really yeah maybe maybe i feel like these are also like quite like a good read for like january we're recording this and like you know apparently it's like everybody's really sad in january so some magic feels like it's appropriate i don't know what this artemis book's about but at least the it's about space um but it's a novel right so it's like a it is yeah it's um it is a city on the moon and there's some really, That's really pretty magical good characters <laughs> yeah so it's not magic but it is like futuristic and and maybe like less less what you would normally think about i agree that everyone needs some magic at the beginning of the year though so <sighs> i am so impressed you just started this year with like a complete bang well done Oh, well, thank you. I think that you started the year off really well, too, Miss 2,000-word reflection and complete action plan. So I think that you're doing very well for yourself. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I always feel so good after talking to you. This is why we do the podcast. Well, maybe this is the chemistry he's referring to. Oh, thanks, Simon. As you would expect, we love the internet and spend a lot of time on it. So you can find our show notes with all of the links to the things we talked about at makework.work. And we would love to hear from you, just like we heard from the wonderful Simon. So we are on Twitter as at mworkwork, and you can use the hashtag MWW or send us an email, hello at makework.work. And send us all of your thoughts on audiobooks, on processes. If you have spreadsheets that you want to send to us, we are interested in everything. <laughs> processes and spreadsheets in particular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Are we done? I think we are. Do we need to oh, clap? Oh, we didn't do claps. <laughs> <laughs> I snapped too, we... just to change it up. <laughs>